Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum. And in this HR Chat, we're going to talk about how to make attracting and retaining hourly workers easier and more effective. My guest this time is Rich Corford, President and CEO at Talent Reef the market-leading cloud provider to recruit and retain the service industry's hourly workforce. Rich holds a Bachelor of Science in Industrial Management from Georgia Tech in Atlanta. Prior to joining Talent Reef, he has excelled in executive leadership roles at market-leading companies. Most recently, Rich was the CEO at Samba Safety, where he led the SaaS company from a small regional driver risk solution provider to the leading national supplier of driver risk management solutions to enterprise customers, as well as trucking, transportation, and middle market companies. Rich, it's my pleasure to welcome you to the HR Chat Show today. Hey, Bill. Thanks for inviting me. So beyond my wee introduction there, Rich, why don't you start by taking a minute or two and telling our listeners a bit about yourself? Sure. Yeah. Uh, Rich Crawford. I'm CEO of Talent Reef. I like to describe myself having been in the hardware side of the business in the first half of my career and, and switched over to software. Certainly software is where things are happening today and have been for quite some time. You know, I think yeah, it was uh, one of the major venture capitalists out of Silicon Valley said software is going to eat everything. And that's, that's certainly true. If we can identify a problem, there's most likely a way that software can either solve the problem or help solve the problem. So uh, I've been doing this you know, for well over 20 years and glad to be at Talent Reef uh, these last couple. Let's start by talking a bit about recruiting, hiring and, and retaining hourly workers. That, that's a very different proposition, perhaps, to salaried employees. Can, can you start by painting a picture of why that's the case? Yeah, so and, and we even differentiate that a little bit further, Bill. We, we think about decentralized or location-based hiring. So think about restaurants, think about grocery stores, think about convenience stores. You may have a corporation or a brand that either owns or uh, has you know, a, a franchise or a franchise agreement with you know, hundreds or even thousands of these locations. But at the location level, they're all really pretty small businesses, right? Very small to small businesses. So it, it presents some unique challenges. How do I uh, source and recruit and hire these people. I still have to follow you know, compliance guidelines. I've got to do all the right things, but these are managers who are running a store um, and, and you know, in many cases doing a variety of different jobs and tasks, and yet they also have to recruit and, and hire these hourly employees. These hourly employees are, are sort of noted by uh, the fact that there's probably a lot of them are part-time workers. They're not full-time jobs. Uh, they're, they're lower on, you know, in terms of on the skill set. So you know, we can take basic skills and hire these people in. There's also a very high turnover. These people are either in a transition in their life. They could be going to school. They could be you know, doing other things. So you're going to have a, a naturally a very high turnover. So you're going to have situation where you've got you know, non-professional People don't have resumes, don't have profiles, and yet, you know, you need to hire a bunch of people fast and, and therefore create some real challenges uh, for both the brand and the location. So we step in and we try and understand that we try and solve those unique problems associated with that type of market. There's currently an hourly 
worker shortage going on of course i mean there's a there's a shortage for all types of talent right now uh, which is exciting for some people and terrifying for others but in terms of hourly workers can, can you can you share why you think that the shortage has happened and what businesses that employ hourly workers can do to increase their applicant flow well you know i think that's a pretty loaded and complicated question i think there's a lot of factors certainly you know if we look at pre-pandemic and into the pandemic and now post-pandemic we have seen some uh structural changes and and not just whether companies were open or closed and they were hiring people or not. But I, I think, you know, other changes related to uh, certainly unemployment benefits that um, the federal, federal government and state governments have provided these workers, but also think you've had a shift where these workers um, either don't feel safe being in contact with the public. Um, maybe the, the, the quality of the work was not that good. And, and I would agree that in many cases, working in some of these industries is, is a challenge. It's tough. And so therefore, I think you've got this other uh, kind of factor that's, that's uh, crept in, which is the, the rate of pay to attract uh, workers like this you know, off of the bench and, and to, to get into the game of working. So, so I think you've got a number of different factors. I think prior to the pandemic, uh, it was status quo. You know, people went about their business. They They... Uh, if they needed some money, they would uh, join the labor force and work for whatever period of time they wanted to and jump out when they didn't. And now you've got, um, from for a variety of factors, you've got more and more of these typical uh, workers who are on the sidelines. They're not joining the, uh, the workforce. We do think that things are changing as some of the stimulus winds down and, and ends there's going to be more pressure on these uh, people who want to work and need to work to get back into the labor market. But I do think um, some things have changed, you know, pretty significantly. And, and I think there's, you know, like so many things post pandemic, the new normal. And I think one of them is uh, pay rate, which you know, has been a big driver to try and get people off the, the sidelines uh, in, in the most recent months. I want to keep talking to you about applicant flow. Uh, for a little while, Rich. In terms of new recruiting and hiring obstacles, as we as we come out of the pandemic, as, as subsidies, as furloughs do end, what what talent management tools or features can best help franchises struggling to boost their applicant flow? You know, number one, Bill, we we know that because the location manager is is so busy, so challenged right now. It's sort of interesting. It, it's it's a it's sort of a, a perfect storm of pent-up demand on the consumer side. They want to get out. They want to go eat. They want to go shop. They want to go buy. And so they're going to all these locations that, that normally would have a robust staff of hourly workers. They're understaffed. So put some pressure on location manager and assistant managers. I read a recent article that um, uh, you've got these at the managerial side of the locations. They're working you know, upwards of 12 hours a day, five or six days a week. And there, there's almost a, a, you know, potential burnout situation there. So, so you've got this, you know, pent-up demand. You've got um, the, the location managers already working, you know, extended hours. And so how am I also going to recruit? How do I select people? I guess the real, you know, short answer is that's got to be automated, which is what, you know, all of our, <clears throat> excuse me, all of our customers have understood for quite some time. 
you know, and, and let's go back to the fundamentals of, of these types of businesses. These are labor-driven businesses. They re- require labor to generate revenue. And almost by definition, they tend to be lower margin businesses. So it's not like, you know, any of these businesses, either at the brand level, the corporate level, or the location level, can throw a bunch of money at trying to solve this particular problem. So, you know, they're in a conundrum. But the, the, the short answer, again, is, automation. We've got to be able to build automation, streamline the process. We've got to automatically, you know, find where the applicants are, you know, go to job boards, build career sites, you know, try and recruit locally at the location, you know, get employee referrals, but all that's got to get stitched together into a solution that flows this data, flows these potential applicants, and then you know, we engage them, we, we tell them about the job, we entice them with, you know, a location close to them, uh, a job they're interested in, a brand they like. By the way, uh, you know, it's, it's sort of well known that uh, consumers like certain brands and therefore if they want to work or need to work, they may want to work for a brand they really like. So we want to take advantage of all these, you know, buying signals, if you will, uh, these applicant signals, but then once we get them into a, an applicant flow, we, we very quickly have to engage them, very quickly have to get them to a manager to make a hiring or not hiring decision because you know it, the, these applicants are very fickle these days, right? There's so many choices. If you think about it, it's a buyer's market for applicants. I can choose company A, B, or C and very quickly move from one to the other. If I don't like something or I don't get a response, that applicant's going to move on. So we have to think about automation. Uh, we have to think about you know streamlining the entire process. And something that's, that that uh, Talent Reef has done is really focused on speed. We have speeded up the entire end-to-end process such that you know we're not letting these applicants drop off because there's some delay in the process. So so you know, kind of a long-winded answer about you know how do we try and and think about this problem you know, automation speed, taking the complexity away from both the brand and the location and making the software do that work for them, but then surfacing, you know, the right candidate, the right time so that managers can make an immediate decision. And basically it's a one-click hire. And then on the back end, again, we automate that entire onboarding process. So we make it very simple, very easy, very automated uh, to allow that location to try and do the best they can in, in, in very challenging times to, to recruit and to get people hired, to get them accepted and get them on board and get them to work as fast as possible. A lot of the conversations I've had recently with, with, with other leaders uh, has been around something you just mentioned there, Rich, which is uh, affinity with, with an employer brand. And, and most of those conversations have been in the context of um, attracting or retaining employees, salaried employees as opposed to hourly workers but that really interests me what you just mentioned there so I'm just going to tease a little bit more out of you how important do you think it is that hourly workers have have some degree of affinity uh with with the brand that that they're going to be working with as well does it does it matter so much if so I mean I, by the way I, I you know I, I worked in bars and whatnot during university I, I've been an hourly worker and uh, some of the places I worked at I, I just really respected the manager I loved the brand and yeah I probably worked a little bit harder because of that um, that was my personal experience but what, what are you guys seeing we, we do think it's important we think that um, 
branding is a very important part of sourcing and recruiting, right? So let's say, you know, I've got, you know, an unknown entity, you know, and it's the same job. I'm a cashier at sort of the unknown or a cashier at a, you know, one of our large brands, you know, call it Taco Bell or Burger King or something like that. And if that person has got a, a positive affinity for that brand, I think it's much more likely that they're going to read the job description. They're going, to, they're going to be interested in that particular job and then potentially follow through with that. So now, yeah, I would say, Bill, you know, let's be real. If the, uh, if the you know, name brand is paying $2 an hour less than the unknown brand, guess what's going to happen, right? I think money is going to drive that applicant, but assuming all things else being equal, I believe that brand uh, emphasis is going to help attract and, and get that applicant to come all the way through the process and, and potentially become hired. So uh, we brand everything. We brand career site, we brand job descriptions, we even brand inside of the application flow so that we're constantly showing and, and emphasizing the brand to that applicant this is part of the engagement. You know, it's, it's one thing to say, hey, I've got a job. It's, a, it's another thing to, you know, digitally, you know, engage that applicant and continue to emphasize, you know, the job, the location, the, the benefits, the, the support they're going to get, the working environment. So this branding concept, uh, we think is very, very important now. And by the way, forever. I mean, I, we think this is just something that you know, always has to occur. Uh, Talent Reef has always been a leader in doing that and will continue to emphasize that. A lot of people right now, Rich, are kind of scratching their heads because they know something big is about to happen. But um, I, don't know, I don't know if everybody really understands how big um, the, the tsunami of applicants uh, is, is going to be as, as states start to drop unemployment benefits. Talk, talk to me a bit about just how big the surge of employees returning to the hourly pay workforce will be and, and what are some of the opportunities for hiring managers and indeed the HR department? You know, it's, it's interesting. I, I, don't, I think that's an unknown, right? I, I read a lot about you know, what economics, uh, the economists say about uh, how much the unemployment benefits of the stimulus is you know, either keeping people off, you know, or keep, sorry, keeping people on the sidelines away from the workforce versus you know, are we incentive to go back into the workforce? But you know, we're seeing the trend in the states that stop the additional uh, federal uh, unemployment benefits. You're seeing an uptick in people coming back in the labor market. So we just have to assume that that's going to be true you know, across the rest of the states, you know, as this uh, federal uh, benefit uh, goes away or, or gets diminished. So but what's interesting for, you know, our customer base and, you know, again, we've got you know, restaurants, quick serve restaurants, fast casual, grocery store, convenience store, entertainment, you know, movie theaters are just kind of coming back up and, and coming online. Um, you know, meat packing plants, all these businesses traditionally have a very high turnover anyway. So there's always a high demand for employees. It doesn't matter if, you know, the, the market is robust like it is today with pent up consumer demand or it's more normalized where we just have a steady ongoing demand but the, the requirement for applicants and the requirement for new employees is constant. And Bill, I think the way that we think about it and, and the way that our software works is it's a very subtle pivot from quantity. So today we're in full quantity. If you imagine a, 
you know, a, a dial and you could turn your dial all the way to the left to quantity, that's where most of our customers are, are you know, kind of gearing or, or, you know, customizing the software. You know, it's almost like, you know, if you can fog a mirror, in other words, give me a phone number or give me a name and a phone number, I want to talk to you, right? As we see more and more applicants come in, and so we call that top of the funnel. If we're sourcing applicants for a job, let's say a cashier at, at a Taco Bell, um, you know, if I've got plenty of applicants coming in, now I can become a little bit more selective. So imagine that dial, I start to turn that, that dot knob a little bit to the right, and we're starting to ask some questions. So first thing we do is ask knockout questions like, you know, are you 18? Can you lift 50 pounds? Uh, you know, certain questions that if the answer is no, it's like, hey, at least for this particular job, you know, it, it's not a good fit. And then as we get to, you know, more and more quality of candidate we're looking for, now we can start to ask, we call them positive questions. We want to fit the person to the job, make sure that we do have the right characteristics, the right communication skill set, you know, the right, you know, personality profile for the job. And so now, you know, we can ask these questions. And finally, we can actually go to a full assessment. We've got an embedded video assessment tool, that uh, visual assessment tool that allows a candidate very quickly to say, pick one or two, they get images. You know, one might be a cat, one might be a dog. I mean, you know, by themselves, they don't mean anything, but there's science behind it that also helps a location manager understand what's the best fit for this particular applicant. So as you can imagine, right now we're full hard left quantity. I just want anybody that might be interested uh, because I, you know, I, I got to have as many at bats as possible to try and hire the people I need. As this applicant flow comes back up, as we start to source more applicants, now we're going to start to slowly move that dial to the right where we're going to qualify you know, more and more. We're going to try and get the better fit between person and job. And then our location managers, again, this is all you know, kind of done automatically. The location manager can be served up not only a person, but information on that person beforehand. They get the, the interview automatically scheduled with information to say, this person looks to be a great fit for that job you want. So now the manager can ask a few qualifying questions, make a decision very quickly and move that person to onboarding. So there will be a subtle shift that occurs as more and more of these applicants come into the market looking for jobs and, and all of our customers can start to tune a little bit toward better fit as opposed to, I just need anybody to come in and help me. I wonder what the right answer is, dog or cat. I'd probably go dog, <laughs> <laughs> but I have no idea if that's, if that's the better answer to give. Okay, so you, you actually just spoke a bit there about uh, quantity and you spoke about uh, quality checks there, but I'd like to tease a bit more out of you in terms of the automation and how that uh, speeds up the time to hire. Can, can you maybe share how, how, how does automated interview scheduling create a faster time to hire and reduce no-shows? Well, yeah. Again, think about this applicant engagement. And I even think, you know, when there's a, a number of applicants, you know, additional applicants coming onto the market, speed is still a requirement. We've got to get that applicant while they're interested through the process very, very quickly. So to do that, you know, we're going to ask for certain information, uh, you know, hopefully as little as possible, depending on our, our uh, customer. Um, we've got a very short form that we can collect enough information 
to, to start to understand who that applicant is. And then if we add a couple of these knockout questions, make sure they're qualified, they can lift you know, a certain amount of weight, they're 18 years old, maybe they have a driver's license, whatever the requirements may be, we can do you know, some kind of a fit assessment. And then you know, with that, we automatically score that. We say, well, this is a, this is a very good, very qualified candidate. You know, and we immediately then go back and say, you know, would you like to come in and meet the manager? Yes. You know, what day is good for you? Let's say Tuesday, two o'clock. Uh, the manager's already preset their time on a calendar. I'm available. Uh, we schedule that right then and there. And then that, that interview is scheduled for that next step, which basically is the hiring step. So if you think about it, in just a few minutes, you can go from not knowing this applicant, understanding enough about the applicant, um, making sure that there's a fit to the job, and then getting that interview scheduled. So all of that happens in a matter of minutes. And then, you know, obviously then the manager's got the ability to, uh, to ask some other qualifying questions, make sure there's a good personality fit, you know, between the manager, the applicant and in that location, and then make that hiring decision. So it doesn't matter, you know, today or if things, you know, uh, uh, slow down a bit in terms of uh, the hiring process, engaging, attracting and engaging that applicant quickly is going to be paramount, uh, you know, for any of these job types uh, going forward. Now, regular listeners of my show will know that I believe that we live in the future. Heck, we're, we're six years past Back to the Future 2 now, you know, so we are really, really living in the future. And uh, as, as, as a member of the future, someone living in the future, I see bots around me all the time. I see AI around me all the time. I see machine learning around me all the time. But it doesn't mean that you should take the people out of the processes entirely. And, and when it comes to communications with candidates, Rich, what, why is, what, what, if, you, if you agree, what, what, why, why would you say that two-way communication is better than something like a bot that collects information and sends it to the hiring manager? You know, Bill, is sort of interesting. We, we think that there's a place for both uh, you know, two-way person-to-person communication as well as certain bots, right? If you think about what a bot does, it tries to automate a very low value function, right? If if I have a question at 2 a.m. and I say, hey, what are the store hours? Well, uh, we're open from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., whatever that might be, right? You don't necessarily need to engage a person for certain things like that. If, if someone's on a career site, you know, let's say they're on Taco Bell corporate and they have general questions about, you know, benefits or general questions about, um, you know, certain aspects of working for that brand. Uh, a bot can certainly fill in and do that. But I think you know, what we're trying to emphasize is we can engage with that applicant in the way, number one, the applicant wants to be engaged. So for example, on the apply side, if, if an applicant wants to apply, they could choose between a form, you know, a very quick, efficient form. You can get through that in a minute or two, or they could go through a bot process, right? The bot process could be Tell me your name. My name is Rich Crawford. Okay, great. Thanks, Rich. Now, give me your email address. That process, while good and, and, and intuitive and easy, can actually take a lot longer. So it depends on that particular applicant. Do they want to engage that way? Do they want to engage to a form? Either way, you're also going to want that hiring manager to, to create some engagement with the, or a recruiter, by the way. You could have either national or regional recruiters helping the location manager so that that 
you know, call it regional recruiter may say, hey, Bill, I saw you applied. We're really excited to, to, to have you apply to our business. Uh, we'd like to, you know, can't wait to see you next week, whatever the case may be. Do you have any questions? So, you know, what we're trying to do, Bill, is we're trying to say, how is the, how does the applicant want to engage with the business? And therefore, will the business be able to offer the right tools and the right capabilities to match, you know, what the applicant wants to do? This is clearly a buyer's market again, right? This is an applicant-driven market. Um, if I don't like something I see, or if it takes too long, or if it's too cumbersome, or something breaks, I'm out of here, right? I just went to some other place to go look for a job. So we actually think that two-way communications, we think bots, we think all the technology, you know, that we can deploy is, is the right way to do it. Now, you know, the big, the big uh, challenge, I think, is making sure we deploy technology the right way. We don't want to take out the, the interpersonal communication. We want to make sure that where we need it, we can surface it. The technology makes it very fast, very easy, and allows both the applicant manager to communicate the way they want to and, and to encourage that applicant to come forward toward that interview and toward that, uh, that hiring decision. Rich, I'm sad to say we are already coming towards the end of this interview. Before we do wrap things up, though, how can how can our listeners connect with you personally? So maybe maybe that's uh, email, maybe that's LinkedIn, maybe you're super cool and on TikTok. Maybe you've got your own chat bot that manages all your fan mail. Who knows? <laughs> and and uh, how, how can they also learn more about Talent Reef? Well, look, first, first and foremost is talentreef.com. We've got uh, certainly our inf- information about the company. We've got blog posts. We've got a lot of information about the challenges that, you know, if you're in uh, a location-based hourly you know, market, uh, we've got a lot, of, a lot of information about that. You know, we have contact uh, pages, so you can contact uh, our sales team. You know, for me, uh, my email is rcrawford at talentreef.com. So, probably the best way to send something directly to me, but um, we've got a number of ways to connect Bill and, and we love to, you know, talk to anyone who is challenged by some of the things that we've talked about this morning and uh, we'd love to tell them more. Wonderful. Well, that just leads me to say for today, Rich, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the HR chat show. Thanks Bill. Enjoyed it. And listeners as always until next time, happy working. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette.